Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. Well, thanks for checking out the podcast, and when you're about to spend some of that hard-earned money, I hope you remember these fine sponsors, like one of our title sponsors, Regina Sports Performance Center at 1464 Broadway Avenue. It's a new center of excellence for the training and rehabilitation of Saskatchewan's elite athletes, featuring indoor football and soccer fields, three-on-three basketball courts, cardio and weight training facilities, all under one roof. Plus, veteran therapist Scott Anderson is on on site for your physical rehabilitation needs. Go check out Aubrey Stedman and the great gang at Regina Sports Performance Center. Our first quarter is brought to you by Face First Medical Aesthetics above Gabos on Dudney Avenue in downtown Regina. Hold off father time in a naturally looking way with Crescinda. She is known for her caring and no pressure approach. You can find Face First on all social media platforms. It's time now to talk about a great venture that's taking place between the OKC Buffaloes and the Sheldon Williams Spartans. Let's talk to the Spartans head coach, Chris Latimer. How are you today, Chris? Good, Ballsy. How are you? Awesome, man. So let's talk about your season so far. As we talk right now, you're three and two. Season's been good so far. Um, battled some injuries and, and things like that. And we started the season pretty short on players. Um, got a few extra uh, the season kind of went on, so we're getting numbers are getting good. Uh, dealing with a couple injuries right now, so obviously a few ups and downs. And offense is still learning, so you know they're slow at times, but things are going good. Things are looking up. Kids are working hard, so that's good. Where'd you go to high school, Chris? In Hudson Bay. Okay, and how many kids played football when you played? I know it's a, it wasn't twelve man, but how many kids came out for football? There was always quite a few kids that came out for football. Uh, the team back then, when I went, when I when I was in high school. Yeah, it was nine men. They always had like 25 guys, I, I think, somewhere around there. Which is more than enough for nine men. I remember when I played yeah. at uh, Sister McGuigan High School with the Mustangs before the school <laughs> shut down. We had a school of like 350, and there was like 80 kids that came out. It was unbelievable. Coaches, no- coaches nowadays, like you would be over the moon to have that many players <laughs> participate. What, what was your roster at the start of the year? What is it now? So our roster at the start of the year, we were around 32 kids, um, and then kind of the first day of school, it exploded to 44. So which is which is quite nice, good problem to have. We got a little bit of depth. You know, a lot of those players, a lot of a lot of guys are young and haven't played before, so you know, it was a steep learning curve for those guys. But you know, we got good numbers. Uh, moving forward too for next year, I yes. think we got a lot of young guys. So yeah. So, but but why do you think numbers aren't where they used to be back in the day? You know, when we were growing up. I don't know. Uh, it's a good question. I think I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's a lot of other things to do. Maybe now a lot more sports offered and things like that. Uh, you know, guys are just doing. We see a lot of kids that are playing. You know, multiple sports or whatever, which they always have, I guess. But um, I think numbers this year, COVID killed us a little bit last year. Kind of lost the buzz for football in the school, and guys kind of forgot about it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I agree with you. Like it, it, COVID did hurt, but I think back when we played multi-sport athletes were encouraged. I think kids want to do multi-sport now, but it's not encouraged by that. I mean, it's like choose one sport over the other. You can't, Hey, I got hockey and football. Well, I better play hockey because if I don't, I'm going to be sitting the bench or I won't make that level of hockey. You know what I mean? That's what I feel. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's, there's a lot of that too. Guys, kids don't, uh, they don't understand the commitment of maybe having to, you know, do what you can to, to be at both sports. So they just kind of choose one and, and go with it or whatever. So Yeah, football isn't a sport where you can go half in, though. 
No, man. <laughs> Not at all. No. So no, you got to be there every day. What makes you want to be a coach? Oh, man. Where do I start? I mean, it's, it's, it's first, it's, you know, it's, it's fun. I, I love teaching, the, teaching guys, you know, new skills and stuff and, and, and watching them grow and learn. And, you know, a big part of why I coach is I can be a positive influence on a lot of guys, a lot of young guys, you know, that, um, you know, maybe don't have that or whatever. So they can come to, come to football practice and forget about what's going on in, in, in their lives and just kind of, you know, be around good role models. The staff that I have is top notch and, and these guys all, we all sort of, uh, share the same core values. So, yeah. you know, we're not just trying not to just teach football players. We're trying to, trying to teach these guys some life skills and teach them how to be young men. So what have you taught them so far this, uh, this year? Is it adversity working through adversity? Do you think? Yeah, like we've definitely, want, we've definitely gone through that this year. Um, you know, like I said, with injuries and stuff like that, we've had to have guys to, you know, push their game and, and their effort level to another to another level, you know, try to get a little bit more out of these guys that they didn't think that they had in them. Uh, we were able to do that. You know, we're trying to really push the, you know, the brotherhood thing and, and, and family and, and whatnot this year with these guys. So, uh, and so far, so good. Guys are buying in. Interesting time, though, too. Uh, normally, you'd come in if you were a grade 9 or grade 10, you'd be a rookie, and that would be your rookies. But you probably yeah. have some grade 11s and maybe even some grade 12s that are rookies because of the, the break in the, you know, in the development of these kids because of COVID. They're learning football for the first time because they never got to play in games last year. That's right, yeah. We actually have uh, a, a few grade 12s that are raw rookies, a few grade 11s. Uh, even even some of our grade ten starters are, are rookies, but they came out and learned quick, and, and we're able to get we're able to get them onto the field. But yeah, we definitely see a lot of kids that have never played the sport before. So you coached high school, you coached with the Thunder, you're a recruiting guy with the Thunder, you've coached female football. Um, what's been the biggest change from when you started coaching to right now for you? You know, when we grew up, I, I've talked to other guys about this. When we grew up playing, we were told what to do and we just did it. We never asked questions. I find yeah. the athlete now asks a lot of questions. I would imagine too, and I could be wrong in saying this, I would think maybe one of your more challenging yet rewarding times is when you coach female football because they are learning the sport, a lot of them. And uh, yeah, it, it, I would assume it was probably a pretty re- rewarding thing for you. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, and it's funny you say that. So when uh, when I coach the women, and it, that changed the way I coach a lot because you couldn't just tell them what to do, right? Everyone wanted to know why. Why are we doing it this way? Why do you want me to do that? What does this mean? You know. So it, it really it really um, developed my my I guess my my teach my teaching. You know, being a better teacher of the game as opposed to just being a coach and telling guys what to do and when to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it. it it developed my skills on on the whys and the hows and 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 all that kind of stuff. So, has your lingo changed your demeanor? You remember back in the day, we used to you, you use different verbiage too, like kill him, knock his head off, or or <laughs> or yell at the top of your lungs. I find a the verbiage needs to change with the way we're teaching safety in the sports. Not to not to be a snowflake, but it does need to change. And B also, I find yelling uh, has to be strategic because it doesn't work all the time. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. We. Uh, I mean, we. I mean, there's time and a place to to, to yell and, and you know blow a gasket or whatever. But yeah, for the most part, we're 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 teaching guys and we're you know we're we're talking to them as as young men. You know, look them in the eye and, and and you know telling them what they've done wrong and how to fix it instead of just like screaming at them because they did something wrong. You know, and vice versa. We really pump the positives as well. One one thing I wanted to bring up: you're a good guy. You talked about brotherhood, and I like what you got going on here with the OKC Buffaloes. That's a team coached by our friend Ryan Hall, my old teammate, friend of ours. Uh, that's so Chapoys, 
Kakawishtaha and of course Kawasis, the OKC Buffaloes. Yep. You're uh, you're going to hook up in kind of like a brotherhood scenario. Tell us about it. Yeah, so it was actually uh, Ryan's son Marcus that that brought the idea to us. Um, you know, to do this on our bye week, um, we all kind of jumped to the opportunity again. It's another it's another opportunity for our guys to you know be a part of something that's maybe a little bit bigger than football. I know we're going to play football again, but you know, show our guys that once you cross those white lines. You know, it doesn't matter where you are, who you come from, or whatever. We're all brothers out there, trying to do the same thing, just trying to have fun and play football, and and uh, you know, give back a little bit whenever we can, and you know, try and be a part of something bigger. So, what what are you guys doing? Like a six on six, a little a mini yeah. a six on six? Yeah, it's going to be a six on six game. Um, I think what we're going to do is two twenty minute runtime halves right now, um, and then. Uh, it's going to be a libel field. Yeah, and just have a little game and have some fun. That's 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 outstanding. And I really think, I've said this before, I really think that's one area we, where we can grow this game, the Indigenous and Métis community. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. we got a couple of those guys on our on our squad right now, and they're awesome kids. You know, they're they're out there wanting to work and willing to get better and learning like crazy. So, you know, this kind of fits into that. It'll be good for these guys. Now, you and I have PTSD watching the NFL. This is what we share together. We are <laughs> we are San Diego slash L.A. Charger fans. I still call them the San Diego Chargers. I don't care. But I tell you yeah, what, isn't it nice to see a – like, I'm a Philip. I'm an old man Rivers guy. I love Philip Rivers. The way he could chuck it is uh, his uh, golly G demeanor, good family guy. But he always found a way to, to never get it done. Justin Herbert, he's already one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I agree. I agree. That kid is an absolute stud. He was a gem of a pickup. You know, I'm so happy. You know, we talked before about you know Miami taking Tua. So thank you to Miami for taking him <laughs> and letting us get Justin Herbert. <laughs> for a long time. Well, it's been great to talk to you, man. I'm going to pop out and watch that game. All right, man. Thanks. Take care, Balzi. Second quarter of Growing the Game with Balzi is brought to you by Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina. Get in the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ by calling 306-502-53. Five, five. Hey, Waldo's Huskies are in a big battle this week. Saturday, 2 o'clock kickoff, Griffith Stadium. The U of S Huskies against their provincial rivals, the University of Regina Rams. I had a chance to catch up with Dwayne Mason, assistant coach with the U of R. This is going to be as our buddy Ed Whalen used to say, a ring-a-ding-dong dandy. Ring-a-ding-dong uh, yeah, dandy. Should be a good one. Uh, time to speak with our friend, the assistant coach of the University of Regina Rams, Dwayne Mason. How are you today? Dwayne, are you on uh, are you on on, uh, suicide watch no i'm doing pretty well thanks michael uh appreciate you guys sharing yeah no we're on to you know we're gonna do a little bit of film review tonight kind of uh try and fix some of the mistakes we made and then we're sort of you know to quote a couple of nfl guys we're sort of we're on to the u of s yeah so i'm gonna tell you something right now you said that too energetic by the way if you're mimicking uh, belichick you're supposed to say <laughs> we're on to the huskies i've already answered that we're on to the huskies but but come on man like that's got to be a gut punch to the organization you're up 16 nothing on manitoba wah, wah, wah. then you come home and you are onto the dinos and you handled them pretty easily you won by a couple of touchdowns and had two touchdowns called back and then you're up 23 to nothing going to the fourth quarter. Like you guys could be 3 and 0 and in first place and I don't got to remind you but I'm reminding the listeners you're 1 and 2 now and fighting for your playoff lives in a short season. That's a gut punch, dude. Yeah, that's sort of the sad reality of it. You know, it, it comes down to a lot of things like momentum and execution and we sort of got away from execution in the second half of this game and 
you know, the first game had kind of a weird feel to it as well uh, against Manitoba. Uh, you know, and except for a couple of mistakes, we probably do come away with the win. And it's just sort of the new reality of football, I think, right now. Uh, a lot of these the young fellows haven't played in a long time, uh, you know, with COVID layoff and everything else. And getting back into it, uh, momentum is a big thing. And it sort of felt like once the momentum got away from us on the weekend, it was just really hard to recapture. And, and I'll, I'll give the team credit. They kept battling. Uh, you know, particularly, I can only talk about offensive of things because that's where I spend most yeah. of my time, obviously. But um, I give them credit; they battled. You know, and UBC just came back, and there was a lot of you know adversity in the game, a couple little injuries here and there that we had to come back from, and and then we did. You know, we got into the overtime period, and we managed to score in overtime first uh, in the first overtime period, and uh, they came back and they got the ball and they scored, and you know, gutsy called by Coach Nell to go for two, but. I think he was feeling the momentum and maybe he was worried it was starting to turn back to the Rams and he thought if he didn't get the two points, maybe he doesn't get out of there with the win. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dwayne Mason joining us here, uh, long-time uh, football coach for the Rams and just a great amateur coach for over 30 years. Uh, you've coached both of these quarterbacks, the starting quarterbacks in today or this week's game, pardon me. Josh Donnelly, obviously, on your sidelines, but Mason Nice, you coached him uh, when he was just coming up as a high schooler at the international and, and, and you know national ranks. Uh, just your thoughts on both these quarterbacks because these are two of the best gunslingers in not just can west but canada at u sports level yeah we were super fortunate we had uh, both of them came through uh football saskatchewan's u18 program and, and played at the uh, football canada cup uh so we spent around a lot of time around around both young men uh they're both great they're both tremendous leaders uh they have different traits about themselves but you know the one thing they both do is they compete really well uh and again they're quality young men and they're going to represent themselves and their their team and their family pretty well uh, on the field and then also wherever they happen to go uh go on after football's over in life you got a young offensive line you've had you know because the injury and things like that the uh, becker uh, never made it back into the roster because of concussion problems unfortunately andrew becker former alouette draft pick but you've got a um You've got a uh, fairly young offensive line, so that's maybe a hindered Borse's rushing totals, but you've got him out in space catching the footballs. He scored a couple of touchdowns uh, that way this year. Yeah, that's correct. So you kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit. We were talking after the game, and I think we have a combined total of about 24 or 25 started games uh, between the five guys that we put out there last weekend. So, uh, And the inside three are especially young. Uh, and they've kind of been thrust into that role a little bit due to injury. Uh, having said that, they're battling pretty good, you know, and they're doing a nice job. Um, I guess some could say maybe that Kyle's had a little bit of trouble getting going. Uh, all we've sort of talked to him about all year long was, you know, think of things in terms of total yards and uh, the way he contributes to the team. And we're really trying to talk about things like, uh, you know, wins and, and team first and things like that. And Coach McConkey, Coach Susick both put a bunch of time in in the off season. Uh, you know, when COVID was on, trying to change the culture a little bit and trying to help some of these young men become better leaders. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. I like watching games inside of games. Mackert versus Borsa. I know they don't play each other, but you got Mackert and Borsa, probably the two best backs in Can West going out at this Saturday. Yeah, there, it, it's going to be a good battle. I think both are good backs. And, you know, I, I think you'd be a little bit remiss if you didn't mention, uh, you know, Josh, you and Chena up there as well, and, and also Christian Katembe down here. So there's a lot of good homegrown talent, Saskatchewan talent in, in the backfield this weekend. And, 
and you know, hopefully they do well, but hopefully the Rams come out on top. And a guy who used to be with the Huskies, but now with you guys hauling in passes, Robert Mims' son, Deshaun Mims, has been a revelation for you guys. Yeah, Deshaun's one of those guys who just, uh, you know, he works hard in practice, and, and he's a fast football player, and he's tall, and he, he goes for the ball pretty well, and, you know, I really like the way he competes in the games, and all he does is score touchdowns, so that's pretty cool. Dwayne, I uh, appreciate your time, man. Thanks uh, for uh, for all you do for the Rams and for football in our community. Thanks a lot, buddy. Sure. Thanks, Michael. Have a good one. You too, man. Okay, so whenever I want to get the scoop on the Canada West, I go to my guy in Davidson. He's the Adam Schefter, the Dave Naylor of Canada West. He's, he's uh, Timmy the Geek. So let's see if we can't catch up with Timmy the Geek in his mom's basement in Davidson. Hey, Ballsy, at the start of the season, you convinced me that the Huskies were the team to beat, but then they went out and laid an egg against Calgary. Then the Rams beat the Dinos easily in Regina, so I went out and bought a Rams hat. (laughs) Now, 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 that was the team I was going with until last week when... When the U of S embarrassed the Golden Bears and and the Rams, speaking of embarrassing, they blew a 23-0 lead in the fourth quarter. How do you do that? I could have even scored a touchdown against that Rams defense. What the hell? So I, I got to be honest with you. I'm not sure which way to go. I'm just happy that I'm going to be out of town at French Lick, Indiana for a for a Star Wars convention, and I won't be at the game in Saskatoon. I don't think I could stand the excitement. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'm going to go the Huskies by three. Make sure you text me with the updates, Ballsy. I, I, I got to go and get a new calculator and pocket protector. Enjoy the ball game, folks. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Timmy the Geek, my expert there in, in Davidson. He's 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 in the, he's at the halfway uh, town, right? Right. So so Thanks, what he Timmy. so what he usually does is he uh, he uh, watches the game on TV, goes to the dysfunctional family uh, burger joint there, gets himself a burger, watches the games. Yeah, man after my own heart. He's got like black rim glasses, wire rim glasses, bow tie, combs his hair with a stake. It looks like so. Yeah, he's wow. going. Sounds, wait, he sounds handsome. Yeah. Huh? Wait, what do you think, Huskies <laughs> or the Rams? Who do you got? That's a tough game there. Yeah, man. I don't. Uh, I I think I think this is gonna be a tough one from the for the Rams to win on the road. But I, I think I think it's gonna be Rams thirty two, Huskies thirty. Wow! Mark it down. It's Mark gonna, it down. It's gonna be the best game in Can West this season, baby. Don't the, you miss it? The uh, public address announcer for the Rams right there. Uh, uh, you know, staying loyal to the team. That's right. I love the Rams. I'm a former Ram of the junior ranks, but it's tough to go up to Saskatoon. It's tough to recover when you blow a 23 nothing lead. I think the Huskies will be just a little too much. Probably I'll give them a touchdown edge there. Probably something like uh, 28-20 or something like that. Yeah, I know. I know. No, no, no. I'm cheering for the Rams. Yeah. I want to be wrong. All right. Anyway, you can listen to that game on 620 CKRM with our buddy Mitchell Blair and former Ram Gary Bresch. And we begin the second half of Growing the Game with Ballsy by pointing out another great title sponsor. It's Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and PA. 
They're your SGI Elite accredited auto body repair shop, locally owned and a certified collision care OEM approved shop. They provide comprehensive service as part of a worldwide network of best in-class collision repair shops. They manage the entire process on your behalf to ensure everything you need is taken care of. The high-performing, technically advanced team of experts knows how to deliver exceptional workmanship and service in the shortest time possible. Call Advantage Collision because they care about your safety. Thanks to Ben Garrow and his good group out there for getting on board this podcast. Our third quarter is brought to you by Double Z Ag Sales in Weyburn. For grain hauling, grain marketing, and crop insurance, give my friend Corey Zadorozniak a call, 306-421-9256. Well, looky, looky here. For the first time ever, the Regina Thunder will finish in first place in the PFC. Now they won the championship, the Canadian Bowl, back in 2013, but they weren't first. They're first in the regular season with a 7-0 mark, a chance to go a perfect 8-0 this weekend against the Calgary Colts. I recently caught up with their head coach, Scott McCauley, as we went over that big victory in Edmonton against the Huskies. The Regina Thunder, who were 6-0, trying to get the 7-0. They're in Edmonton taking on the Huskies. Definitely not a free space in the bingo card. They're down 36 to 12. I uh, was trying to keep up on Twitter. Fast and furious while I'm trying to watch NFL football. And then I'm like, okay, I'll just check later. And then I couldn't find the score in their Twitter feed. So I went to the CJFL website. Boom! 45-42 in overtime. Scott McCauley's team is 7-0. And for the first time ever, they'll finish first in the PFC as the Regina Thunder. And he's joining us on the phone line now. Scott what a roller coaster of emotions. Were you up and down in that game? <laughs> you know, uh, I think everybody was sort of like up and down and didn't know what was going on there. But to be honest, kind of felt confident in the boys and kind of got to the point that it was a very humbling experience, I think, for everybody. And really in the second half, we just wanted to make sure that we came out and played a way better football game than we did in the first half and be more physical and, you know, play our game right and just pick away and see what happens. And, once you start picking away and the things start to fall in place, then, then you can make your moves. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, that's what this team is all about, resiliency. You can look back. If we look back on this season and it's a championship season, Scott, and I was part of a perfect team with the Rams in 1993. Little shameless plug there. Uh, Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Famer, by the way. Anyway, we we were undefeated. We had a couple of games like that where, you know, we had a comeback. We faced some adversity. Your second game here against the Hilltops with the backup quarterback off the bench, Arabco, and then this one down 36-12. to 12. Was there a play or a moment when you felt that game would swing? Yeah, I mean, there's there were several times like in the second half there, you know, like basically when we came in out of the first half, I'm just sitting there going like, our guys aren't tackling it, you know, properly. We're getting physically beat up. Um, you know, all the throws and stuff on offense were like just you know a finger away, an inch away, and stuff. We just weren't firing in all cylinders, and so really just kind of questioned our leadership group and pushed these guys and really you know the second half come out there and punch them in the face and let's get going and see what happens, right? And, there was a moment there, I think we scored a touchdown or took a field goal and we started picking away at it. But like we would score and all of a sudden they would come back and they would score. So really it wasn't until the fourth quarter until things started to really fall into place. But, you know, I think we'd score a touchdown and they would kick a field goal, you know, things like that. So we started going more, starting to, you know, lower the, the, the difference in between the two scores or whatever. But 
It was definitely the fourth quarter when we kind of we were going in the opposite direction. We had the wind. Um, guys still felt confident because we, you know, were making it, I think, like a, basically a three three score game instead of a you know four or five score game. Um, that's when I started to really feel like the momentum was going around, and guys started like you know really playing hard there. And the defense, you know, went out and had a bunch of I think like five two and outs in a row or whatever. And, Turned the ball and gave us some, some good spots there for the offense to, to start off early. And plus, we had you know a block punt and just everything started rolling together. Yeah, no, that's all. Was that the was that the proudest you've been as a head coach? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I think it's probably one of the best games that like I've, I've been involved in. Just seeing how our guys kind of like you know sucked up and changed changed things because it definitely was not going our way in, in, in the first half. And I'm also I'm, I'm happy that we faced that sort of things. Like you talked about. You know, in a perfect season, and sometimes you want to make sure that, I mean, you don't want to lose any games, but you want to have that adversity and see what your team is really made of, right? And our guys, you know, it really showed that, you know, the culture of our team is, is the reason why we're winning football games. And it really stood out uh, during that game when the guys kind of band together and kept on cheering each other on and kept optimistic, and, and you know, things started moving our, in our way. That's a big win for you guys. Now you have a chance to go eight, no, uh, but it's a big win because I don't know that you want to. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that you want to face the Edmonton Huskies in the first round. I'm not saying that you, you're going to treat every opponent with respect, but that's a hard-nosed football team, and it's great that all roads lead through Regina now for the first time ever. Yeah, I mean finishing first place this year is huge because, like, one, like, like also we got the game coming up this week, and we know that you know we got that that spot locked up and it's going to allow us to, you know, to, you know, play with a little bit more depth throughout that whole game. But then also you get that bye week in the first round of the playoffs and we'll see like while the chips fall there, but you know, you, I would assume the Huskies are going to win. And then also now they're going to have to go through Saskatoon to get to us. Right. So it's, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things take shape here during the playoffs, but being in first place and, you know, I'm going to start as tough for the organization too. Like it's a big deal to be able to play at home in front of your, family and friends and even the game money right as a non-profit organization goes a, goes a long way quick comment about Sokol he uh he when I watch your games that dude makes some big time catches well big time I guess he's a stud man like I think he's gonna have a good opportunity here to play you know at a higher level say in the CFL or whatever he's he's big he's fast he's smart he knows how to run the routes properly and use his body for leverage uh making catches and stuff so like he's he's been you know, probably one of our most valuable players, right? He's going to go out there and make things happen. And even when he talked about the second game against the Tops, like he's a guy that kind of came up to me and some of the other coaches and said, hey, just get a rope to throw him the ball and I'll make the plays. And he did, right? So mm-hmm. it's, we're happy to have him. Okay, and lastly, just a shout-out. I want to give a shout-out to your president, Mirad El-Khatib. Uh, your board's done a great job, but he's kind of the the leader of it. I, I found it really interesting. They did a nice... Um, Nice thing the Huskies did for him uh, with his mom passing away before the game. But he had some out-of-town kids over to his house for Thanksgiving supper. He had some pictures on social media. It seems like a really tight-knit bunch right from the top down to the bottom. Yeah. No, like Brad's come in and, and his wife, Michelle, and they both have really bought into the organization and brought that sort of like family or created that more of that family environment. And also, you got with a business mind like him and stuff. He's been like kind of glue that's kept everything together. And especially during COVID year, it's been, you know, it's been a grind on everybody just trying to keep the organization afloat and stuff. So it's it's, uh, it's 
good to have them on board and we're happy happy to have them around that's for sure well they're happy to have you around because nobody works harder than this guy scott mccauley who's got his team poised for an eight no start and they'll have home field advantage to the pfc playoffs make sure you get out and support these guys they deserve it thanks for this coach enjoy the victory and uh get back to work all right thanks a lot appreciate it bye-bye And just before our fourth quarter stretch, it's time to recognize our third title sponsor. Thanks to Kevin Welsh of Hammer Time Roofing for getting on board with this podcast, Growing the Game with Ballsy. Dude is a great community guy who has spoken with his wallet, supporting his beloved Rough Riders and this podcast. Hammer Time Roofing is Saskatoon's only certified roofing business. They specialize in GAF, CertainTeed, and Mallorquee roofing products and offer a true manufacturer's warranty. Give Hammer Time Roofing a call in Saskatoon and surrounding area, 262-ROOF. All right, the fourth quarter, we circle back to that big provincial rivalry game this weekend. You're going up to Saskatoon to see the Eric Church concert. Why don't you stick around and watch a great slobber knocker of a football game, the Regina Rams and the Dogs, the U of S Huskies. And we're going to talk to the man who calls the game on CanWest TV. It's Dave Thomas, former radio voice now. He's taking his beautiful looks to the realm of TV. But before that, we should point out our fourth quarter is brought to you by Driven Automotive. They have offered superior auto repair services in Regina since 2006. Their customers' total satisfaction is what they deliver. They are driven to create the best car repair event you've ever experienced. Check them out on Broad Street in Regina. All right, this is my buddy Dave Thomas. You'd know him from the intro and the extra on this podcast. The big voice guy, the sultry tones, the guy who calls the games on Canada West for the Huskies. Called his first one. It was the Alberta Golden Bears getting smoked by the U of S Huskies. And the Rams had a 23-0 lead and blew it against UBC the second time this year they've blown a huge lead. Week one, they were up 16-0 in Manitoba. It's kind of funny, Dave. Uh, because you look at this, and uh, the Rams could be 3-0 and in first place, and now they're fighting for their playoff lives, and it's not going to be easy in this football game here this weekend in Saskatoon. No, you know what? You hit the nail right on the head. A team that could have been 3-0, and and I was trying to find what might have been the turning point, but you know, looking at the Rams game from last weekend, Ballsy, it to me comes down to confidence and an, uh-oh, here we go again moment. And when you've got a young team, right, that's really hard to curb. And that momentum, once UBC kind of got it and then went for two, uh, to me, I'm like, wow, that's something else. Yeah, so uh, talk to me about, uh, I've been intrigued. I haven't watched any of uh, the Husky games. What's this Nick Weeb kid from Oregon look like? Well, you know, I was concerned about him. Week one in Calgary, I thought that, he didn't look like he was reading or flowing to the play appropriately. And again, he's a transfer out of Oregon, as you mentioned. And so I was concerned. He's a Calgary kid. He knew some players on the the Huskies team, and that's how he ended up in Saskatchewan. So that was week one. Week two in UBC, he was much better. And then last week, he was all around the football. So I think for Nick, in my humble opinion, it was getting used to the Canadian game again, right? Reintroducing yourself to the Canadian way, the bigger field, and having to flow and cover a little more than maybe what he did south of the border. But to me, again, he's got all kinds of skills and tools, and now that he seems to be on the right page mentally, you know, he's a force in that uh, linebacking core for the Huskies. Dave, we'll leave the quarterbacks till the end, but let's talk about some of the matchups within the game. The Huskies have Adam Mackert and Josh Uinchina, a great 
great one-two punch. Probably the best one-two punch in the country at running back. On the other side, it's the Rams' Kyle Borson. Now, you look at the stats. Macker, 36 carries, 297, two touchdowns. Borsa, 29 carries, a buck 56, and a touchdown. Now, Borsa's running behind an offensive line that is very young, especially in the interior. So that's why he's not racking up the totals, but... He is a very confident Kyle Borsa coming back from Blue Bombers camp, and they're getting him out in space with the football. And Adam Mackert, I mean, he picked up right where he left off last year. Well, and again, I want to start with Kyle Borsa, who I think is probably the most underrated running back in Canada West right now because the tools that he has, and you're, you're right, when he is schemed into open space, it's sensational. And again, nothing against him and his yardage, his numbers are what they are. But again, if he's got another, maybe a little more veteran offensive line, I think he's putting up huge numbers. But again, that's nothing against Cal Borsa. He is sensational. Adam Mackert, Josh Iwanchina, yes, a very, very formidable one-two punch. And Mackert, again, he just goes about his business quietly, but when he's able to go ahead and show off some of that agility that he has, especially when he hits the whole hard, I think that's what separates him apart from being good to being elite. You know what? I, I'm going to say something controversial here. I think Adam Mackert, well, some will find it controversial. I think Adam Mackert should have been the Heck Crichton Trophy winner. He got ripped off. and I, So I think he's a great back. I love Josh, you, and Chena. I like both those guys as kids. But I think Kyle Borsa, behind an offensive line like the Huskies, would be the best back in this conference, if not the country. I really do believe that. So I kind of, I'm kind of piggybacking what you uh, kind of alluded to there. You're not saying that, but I'm saying that. I really do think stats lie sometimes. No, I, you're you're absolutely bang on, and I think the experience that Borsa received at Winnipeg training camp cannot be underestimated because, let's face it, he knows he's got a great opportunity with the Blue Bombers. So long as they start Andrew Harris, that is going to continue to be a Canadian or national position. So they're going to need to find that next guy up. And yes, it appears they have it, but I think Kyle Borsa can really go ahead and push that line as well for Winnipeg. So I think down the road, Kyle Borsa's got a lot in front of him, and I'm with you. He, he's got a very, very bright future. The uh, Rams have Riley Borsma, who is always a, a reliable uh, guy that could stretch the field. Eight catches, 192 yards, and two touchdowns. But Robert Mims' son, Deshaun Mims, has come on the scene for the Rams after bouncing around a little bit. Nine catches, 145 yards, and three touchdowns. Did you see this in his time with the Huskies? You know, you knew he had skills and he had talent, right? And he was caught up in a situation where the Huskies had some veteran receivers in front of him. So whether he, whether he was given an opportunity or not, I can't suggest that one way or the other. What I can say is you knew the guy had the tools, and right now he really seems to have figured it out because at the Canada West and, and U Sport level, you know as well as anybody, Ballsy, that you've got to go ahead and you have to be just as good mentally as you are physically. And for Mims, you know what, his mental game is there. He's finding where he needs to be, and you can definitely see that on film. The best football player on either team. The best, hear me out here, the best football player on both teams is Colton Clausen. 12 catches, 222 yards, and four touchdowns. He is the Swiss Army knife of the Huskies. Just uh, tell me what you're seeing. You know what? He's picking up right where he left off. He had that horrific injury at the end of the 2019 season. He then got drafted very, very late. Of course, uh, who knew what his leg was going to be like when he went to the Montreal Alouettes? And again, that inspired and motivated him. And you know what? He is just a big ball of hate. He has to play yeah. hating whoever he lines up against. And that's what drives him. And that's what makes him 
up in that next level, up in that next echelon, because he can do it all. He can block, he can run, he can, you name it, he's going to go through a wall for you. And I think that's what sets him apart is just that heart and determination. The Esther Hazy touchdown maker, Sam Baker, 19 catches, 217 yards and three touchdowns. His biggest problem, you know, the best ability you can have as a player is availability. That's been his, really his, his, uh, kryptonite early on in his career with the Huskies. So how has he looked so far? Oh, he looks sensational. Again, he is a big body, sure-handed receiver that has all kind of chemistry with Mason Nias. And when he got and broke, when he broke his collarbone week one against Manitoba a couple of years ago, when he broke the collarbone, he decided to take the medical red shirt because he could have come back. He could have played late in that year. He could have had an opportunity to win a Hardy Cup championship. Instead, he decided to red shirt, and what he said to me point blank is, this gives me another year to play with Mason Nias. So the chemistry the two of them have is unquestioned, but then he goes ahead and breaks the collarbone in training camp prior to 2019 on the exact same play call that he broke it in Manitoba in week one in 2018. Yeah. So you mentioned Nias. Let's talk about this matchup. It's Josh Donnelly of the U of R Rams facing Mason Nias and the U of S Huskies Saturday at two at Griffith Stadium. We'll we'll shine it up like the NFL does when they have Tom Brady and the Bucks against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. These Regina-born quarterbacks lead the country in touchdown passes per game. Nias of the Huskies is number one with nine. Donnelly of the Rams is two with eight. Both have played just three games. Now Nias has the top. Uh, passing rating in the country. Donnelly is seventh. So here are the stats. Nice, 57 to 93, 974, nine touchdowns, one interception. Donnelly, 49, uh, 91, 738, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. These guys uh, can sling the football around. When you think about it, number one and number seven in passer rating, when you have 29, I think it's 29 starting quarterbacks in the country, you're looking at two of the best gunslingers in Canada at the amateur level. So you might not see these guys play pro football, unfortunately, but if you want to get the best bang for your buck, I'd suggest you watch these two go head to head. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, again, we can get into the long debate about quarterbacks and the CFL, but, you know, these two are as good as they get. They both are dynamic athletes, and they're both very intelligent athletes. And I know I've been saying intelligence quite a bit, but to me that's what sets apart athletes because you can be a real good physical specimen and you can have all the tools, but if you can't be where you're supposed to be, it doesn't work out. And Mason Nice to me, that's what makes him elite. A couple of the touchdowns that the Huskies scored against Alberta were actually audibles called by Nias during the game so again he was able to read recognize pre-snap what was happening and Alberta was going to be sending at him he made appropriate play calls that then ended up in the end zone so I think that's very very crucial and very very impactful from Nias uh, other end again I take nothing away from Donnelly I think that he is a terrific athlete and again if he gets time which is sometimes an issue, but if he gets time, he's going to make plays. Well, you know what? They both look like they know how to play quarterback. They're students of the game. You hit the nail right on the head there. The one thing about Nice, nine touchdowns, one interception. However, he had two touchdowns taken off the board in UBC on penalties. I think one for sure to Colton Clausen for ripping a guy's helmet off. And then he had a there was a, a touchdown dropped in the end zone in the last game, if I'm not mistaken. So he'd have 12 touchdowns and one interception. So those are even gaudier totals when you factor that in. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great game, man. I really am looking forward to it. Uh, like I said, the Rams should be three and zero. The Huskies are two and one. And I'll tell you what, if the Huskies take 
care of business now, thanks to the Rams, oddly enough, with that uh, upset victory of the Dinos. And then, of course, the Dinos lose to Manitoba. The Huskies take care of their business. They're home free into the playoffs now, I believe. And, and it's going to be tough to come into Saskatoon and knock off this football team. I know we still have a ways to go, but things are shaping up pretty good for this team that started, Dave, with not a kind schedule at the start. No, no, absolutely. When you're playing, the only team that didn't get a home game in the first two weeks. So, yeah, yeah they got to go on the road to Calgary and UBC and then have to wait a week during the bye week before they get home at Griffith Stadium. Yeah, for sure. So uh, who do you got in this ball game? I don't know if you're into predictions. Uh, I, I, I kind of have the Huskies by seven. It wouldn't surprise me if the Rams found a way to win. It's going to be spirited, though, for sure. It's going to be spirited. It's going to be close. And I will predict that the two teams will combine for 60 points. <laughs> I love it. Don't make a prediction. Dave Thomas, it's great to hear your voice again calling you sports football. Take care, my friend. Hey, thanks so much for this, Ballsy. Well, since I interviewed Dave Thomas there, I'll, uh, I'll do the extra and give the big boy Sky some time to wet his whistle. Just want to remind you to go to our uh, Facebook page, Growing the Game with Ballsy on Instagram, GTG with Ballsy on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, Growing the Game with Ballsy at our Facebook page. We've got our Top 50 Canada West show. We polled coaches, players, and media anonymously and came up with our top 50 list plus 10 best of the rest. Now, it was done during the pandemic, so it doesn't include the uh, games that have been played so far. But hey, it's a list. Lists are meant to create a buzz and be debated. You might not agree with it, but uh, please check it out. Share it. Uh, that's how we grow, well, maintain and grow the sport of football that we love. So yeah, make sure you do that and uh, make sure you share this podcast too, please. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon.